Welcome to the What Moves Her podcast, designed to give you everything you need on your path to leadership personally and professionally. We hope you enjoy today's episode. I have a special place in my heart for today's guest because she has mentored me professionally for years, but also more recently personally as a fellow twin mom, and I will always hold her mantra of give yourself grace in my heart. Her career started as part of our general counsel in 2007, and she rose up the legal ranks and ultimately held the role of chief ethics and compliance officer for an incredible 12 years before making the move to the brand side, serving as the chief operating officer and then president of Coldwell Banker Real Estate. Simply put, she's a powerhouse. (laughs) Today, she leads us as the president and CEO of Anywhere Franchise Brands. Sherry and I are thrilled to welcome today's What Moves Her guest, Liz Geringer. And I am thrilled to be here with two women who have absolutely moved me and lifted me up throughout my career. Well, Liz, it's interesting because we're in our 20th year together and uh, happy 20th. Thank you. You too. Thank you. We need to celebrate that. I think that's cause for celebration. Our birthdays are coming up. We're birthday twins. We'll go out for our birthdays. Perfect. Yes. Sounds good. All right. Liz, women are superheroes. We just are. We don't have capes that you can see, but we are. And I know you and I have talked about women possessing skills and abilities that can be seen as special powers. Now, we're not talking about supernatural abilities, but these are skills and qualities that are highly effective in leadership roles. Can we dive into some of the things that make women such special leaders? I think women do have some unique qualities or at least some things that you see women exhibiting often. And you hear women complimented for being multitaskers, but I think it's more like multi-perspective. I think women are able to think um, about some near-term execution that needs to happen while also keeping the long-term in mind. And that's not to say everybody can't have those skills, but I do feel like it's something I see women uniquely do more often, or I frequently see women do. In the real estate business, for example, our agents, you know, they're focused on a full experience for their customer. So they're not just thinking about that one transaction that they're trying to do or get that open house set up for that one transaction. It's like they're thinking about how to make that as full of an experience as possible in that moment because they're thinking about the deal long term and thinking about the customer long term. So I just feel like this, it's a multi-perspective. You know, what am I doing today? Where is that trying to take me? How can this moment be special? And I'm not just focused on getting that deal done. I'm focused about taking the time to make this moment really special. Okay, Liz, the uh, term multitask, you know, it it just kind of rubs me the wrong way. Uh, It reminds me of, you know, myself being able to throw a load of laundry in while I'm making an apple pie. And I like how you put it into perspective in a different way for everyone, for women and men in our industry, because we're not narrowly focused, are we? And with us as leaders as well, there's so much that we have to concentrate on each and every day. I agree. I keep um, some lists called bigs and not as bigs. I have lists like pressing and not as pressing. It's sort of that that multifaceted, constant multifaceted approach that we have to take. And I think the people who succeed are able to balance multiple perspectives. It doesn't necessarily mean you're both looking out the window to the left and looking out the window to the right at the same time. That doesn't make sense. Those are two of the same things. But it's when the things are varied that I think you can handle more than one thing, certainly handle more than one thing at once. You know, when you say lists, I'm a paper person. And in working so closely with Lindsay, I was embarrassed to tell her that I write things down. And with Lindsay as a millennial, she said, I use paper too. So (laughs) we should all be happy about that. 
I have transitioned a bit from paper to electronic, which was a big move for me, but I still every day have to write a paper list. So the big lists are all contained in notes, but every day starts with paper and it is an absolute joy. Uh, my whiteboard has become my new paper. My whiteboard has taken over my entire wall of my house and my children know that I've all the markers to touch in the house. Like that's the one. If this gets erased, my life at work is pretty much over. <laughs> Like you have to take a picture of it every day just in case. That's actually a great idea. What about compassion and care? Those are two qualities that I think most women leaders are known to have. What I think you, Liz, do such a good job of is balancing accountability and tough love with compassion and care. Can you talk about how you balance both of those things as a leader of such a massive bunch of brands? Well, that's a huge compliment. So thank you for that. I think that when you show people that you're aligned with them personally on a personal level, that you do care about their success, you care about their career and who they are and how that career is impacting them, you will get those results from that person. And so you're really just by caring for them, allowing them to perform at their highest level. And I think we have felt that ourselves. I mean, everything that we all do in the way we lead and manage people is, are things we've experienced as employees who have managers. And I think when you feel that person caring for you, saying, what is the special thing you can do to grow? What is that special assignment that will help bring you along? What are your interests? And how can I play to your strengths? I've had that in in my managers, in Sue and, and other managers who've come before her. We have incredible leaders here and there are, you know, you can learn from every manager you have, but you know how to manage people by being managed. And those are the things that have resonated with me. One of the tricks of the trade that I've learned from you that I use with my department now, you are the queen of the random check-ins. And when I say that, it's such a compliment. You know, they're the early morning, they're the late night texts where it's just, hey, how are you doing? It has nothing to do about work. I saw this picture on Facebook. That has, you know, I'm endeared to you because I really truly feel like you care. Sometimes it leads to a project, sometimes it doesn't. But I have learned to balance that kind of empathy outside of work and compassion and consideration and care with those just random check-ins. They mean the world. And I know you do them to so many people. I don't know how you find the time to do it, but you could definitely write a course on just the mastery of the check-in and how meaningful that is. Well, uh, you're sitting with the master of gift giving, for example, who's Sherry Chris, right? I mean, one of the most thoughtful people, she you know, recently gave me just a beautiful gift, which was a book about how joyful it can be to eat and share food with people. And it was while we were having a meal. It was such a thoughtful gift. She obviously put a lot of thought into not just arranging the meal, but coming armed with something that was on point that was going to echo, you know, the sentiment of why we were together. You know, I've learned from from watching others do that kind of thing. But the random check-ins too, my mother was always sending me little article clippings in college and little tidbits here and there. I try not to hesitate. When I think about someone, as random as it may feel, I will reach out to that person. So it could be someone from my current work. It could be family, friends. You know, I have an extensive list of people I exchange cards with and greetings with. And um, I, I think it's important to just do it in that moment, not make it a plan. Just do it in that exact moment the person crosses your mind. I totally agree with you, Liz. And, and thank you for calling out the book. You know, one of the things that I I look for are little books. I love little books because it's a nice small gift to give people. And it really is the small things in life that matter so much more. The check-ins, the gifting, the just stopping for a moment to say hi, and both personally and professionally. And you do it very, very well. I learned from you too. Well, we are, it's so great. I mean, that is the thing, just being open-minded to watching how others are are conducting themselves. And when you feel special, you know, that's something to extend to others. 
That's awesome. I want to segue to more gift giving. And I think one of the gifts that I've seen you give many women is actually behind the scenes before we present. So I think women naturally often are very nervous to get on stage. Most women are not going on stage like ready to roll, hyped up. Um, I have seen you take women aside and I can see their entire body language shift after they walk away from you. So I know you call you call this slaying stage. Can we talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I think um, women uniquely, maybe it's not completely unique to women, but women certainly feel that they'll be looked at on stage and they may be a little bit caught up in what am I wearing and how do I appear? And all those things are really important. So the most important thing, of course, is the content you deliver. But I think it's okay to feel nervous about the appearance too. So, okay, I often go get my hair blown out. People laugh about it. It's like, oh, your hair's fabulous. Right before I'm going on stage, I will get that hair blown out. You know, you have to do the things that give you comfort. But you should know that the content is the thing that you're fantastic at, right? That's You're there talking about the thing you know. So usually if I'm if you see me talking to someone backstage, I'm reminding them that the minute you hear yourself say that first sentence, you'll remember, oh, this is the stuff I know, and you will instantly relax. And if you prepare your mind for that, that's the exercise you go through. I just need to hear the first word come out of my mouth, and I'll realize those are my words. This is my good stuff. And you do completely relax on stage. And the other trick I use is to just you've all been an audience member and it's so awful to be an audience member if the thing isn't good exciting warm it's you have a, an extra obligation when you're on stage you're taking up the time of all those people so you know you do have to pour some energy into it and take on that role even if it's a little bit of your extra energy or your personal risk yes because you have an audience who's there and you have to deliver that and i think that's a fun challenge and you don't want the audience to have a disappointing time. So I think it's great to slay stage and, and know that you're great at it. But I've gotten to watch both of you. So, Lindsay, you are incredibly energetic on stage. You bring your whole self. You're so charismatic naturally. But you will definitely put yourself out there. I mean, you will not hesitate to have a good time and make sure people have a good time. That's awesome. And Sherry is not just prepared on content, right? She's an industry leader. Everybody talks about it. She's an industry icon. Like, yeah, that's given. We know we're going to hear inspiring words. But she's also crafted such a beautiful look, such a beautiful personal appearance that people are interested in as well. So she's followed for style also. And you don't have to do that, but it's a compelling part of her story. I think it certainly attracts uh, interest from agents. I think it certainly attracts you know, interest in certain aspects of the business, maybe luxury, you know, maybe it's... Um, it's certain, maybe it's high end to some level. She certainly projects that image, but she projects authority, you know, and she projects preparation in her look. So she comes prepared. You can tell. Can I make a confession? Yes. Do you know how many times I have Facebook stalked or Instagram stalked you before a big event just to get outfit inspo? I mean, they're probably every gem below. I'm like, what did Liz wear last year? So while you're talking about Sherry and I totally agree, fashion icon even has a Pantone color named after her. Amazing. I am definitely looking at pictures from past events for inspiration from you. Well, thank you. I spend a lot of time uh, being inspired by my daughter who <laughs> keeps up on everything and, and helps point me in uh, the right direction. Liz, your style is fantastic. And you wear things that I can't on stage, like beautiful sleeveless silk blouses and leather pants that match. It's just, uh, it's incredible. But I think you've just given everyone permission who's listening to this to get a blowout before going on stage because your hair always looks fabulous. But, you know, today we have all of our global sales leaders from around the world here at our headquarters. And uh, James Corcoran was very nervous this morning before he got on stage and he had to kick things off. And so I did exactly what you do and 
calmed him down a bit and then complimented him after because it's building confidence time after time after time that really allows someone to be a spectacular public speaker. I think there's nothing better than building someone else up, right? It just makes you feel so good because you can see the quick impact of that you're having on that person. And it's a great gift you gave him. And then that changed the experience of the whole room. It was a great meeting. I was in the meeting. Exactly. It was a wonderful meeting. And I'm inspired for the year ahead from a uh, global sales perspective for all of our brands. So most of the time, people knock it out of the park on stage, knock it out of the park after you coach them. But loss at work is a real thing, right? We're not always going to succeed. And I think women really, really get in their own heads about being fearful of failure. That's just something that you know most leaders have. But I feel especially women leaders want to be extra perfect. How do you coach people on loss? You know, anything from a manager losing agents or a recruit that didn't sign a franchise not renewing, what is the advice you can give to leaders on loss? Yeah, I think that um, it's so it's very true, right? Loss is a natural part of our growth story, but it's the part that really powers us the most. I'll take it from a personal level first and then move to professional. I have faced a lot of personal loss, just grieving um, people I loved who I've lost. I think we all, many people have. And personal loss gives you so much better handle on empathy, on realizing that other people around you are going through things. It makes you, you know, broader, better leader, um, a better person to interact with other people. So though there is tremendous pain and grief and loss, it ultimately makes you a better friend. It makes you a better manager uh, and it makes you a better leader because you've had the experience of loss that so many other people will and you can help people look to the next thing. And it's not to say that loss is always an opportunity, but I think it helps you grow. And business loss usually is an opportunity. I mean, I can't think of an example that isn't an opportunity. So if you lose a customer, for example, there's an opportunity to find a new or different customer in that space or learn why exactly, listen for exactly why you lost a customer. If you didn't close a deal on time, if something smaller didn't happen when you wanted kind of thing, you can look at, well, what are our what are our operational approach? Why Why can we not get this done more quickly? So I think it's the greatest teacher. I started as a litigator, and um, that was just an incredible lesson, right? Because you're just constantly, the thing has broken. So you come from a place of what went wrong, you know, what are the facts, and how do we, how could we generally compile a settlement? How can we bring the parties back together? Because you're not usually going to court with the thing. So how can we put the parties back together? So I think I come from a place of rebuilding, and I, you know, I think that comes out of seeing things either broken or lost. Liz, that's such great advice from a business perspective to look at every loss as an opportunity. And if everyone did that, so many more agents, broker owners, companies would be in a better place. And so I think that that's your best advice today. Thank you, Sherry. You're welcome. We're going to ask one more question and we're going to wrap things up. You, congratulations, you were named as one of the most powerful leaders in the industry. You were number 30 in the top 200. You are one of the top women leaders. Um, and in fact, there were more actually women leaders on this year's Swan Pole 200 list than ever before. So it is the year of the women. And I love that. What do you think about the future of leadership, particularly for women in our industry? What advice can you give them? I mean, it's it's endless, right? There's no cap. You know, I think that women have proven we 
are capable of any role. We are capable of expanding those roles when we're in them. And there's so many incredible women in the business. And this business is open to every opportunity, right? You could be anything from part-time agent because that fits your current lifestyle and needs, or you can be a powerhouse leader of a huge team. You can come in-house like we all have and work for many people by being on this side of it. There are just so many opportunities. But I think what I see in those great honors is just a group of people that I want to learn from. So I think, you know, we all just want to keep our minds open to what others are doing. I think there's a lot of challenge in the real estate industry right now, which is all the reason for us to be like looking across to each other, extending hands to each other. And I think our best shot at leadership right now is um, understanding the mutual benefit we all have, the support of, of the business we work in. We meet at the closing table. So, you know, even with our competitors, there are often two of us sitting at a closing table and we're all aimed at the same thing, which is an incredible experience for the customer, the actual home buyer or seller. And if we can stay focused on that together, I think that's our best shot. There are so many women in that business. And I think just an endless opportunity, just even to circle back to the beginning. If we are have a, an eye on the experience that that is, which we're good at, you know, an eye on that full experience of people doing business with us, of, of men and women doing business with us. But if we have special skills to help make that smooth, better, improve, that's that's a great way for us to lead. And that is a great ending and such wonderful advice you've given. Such an honor to work with you and call you a friend, Liz. So thank you for being here today. And the future's bright for all of us. Thank you so much, Liz. It was great to be here. Thank you both. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more podcasts and more information, go to whatmovesher.com and be sure to subscribe. Also, follow us on Instagram at whatmovesher.com.